Hello, welcome to another Azure centric podcast on the Azure weekly news. Uh, thank you for listening. If you are new at the channel, um, thank you so much uh, for listening and and for being here. Um, I want to ask you a favor if you are new, just subscribe uh, to the channel. Exactly. Uh, as Andrew is demonstrating. Uh, don't forget to do that. Uh, it will help us a lot. Give a thumbs up if you like our our podcast. Um, and um, let, let's start it. How are you, my friend? I'm very good tonight. Uh, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. Busy week. Uh, busy week, not, yeah, not only on work, Azure, right? but busy week as well on Azure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, for sure. There was a lot of updates, uh, kind of, it's becoming the usual, I guess, yeah. but, um, I don't know. I thought the cold weather here out West would slow them down. Nope. Uh, but I, I guess they were moving faster to stay warm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be, a, it could be a good point of view. I never thought about that. Uh, but yeah, although, although Microsoft is in, in Redmond, uh, by oh, a reason, right? I don't want to talk about warmer climates. It's, no, it's not, not because of warmer. It's because it's it's they are in Redmond, so they they've been founded, if I'm not mistaken, in New Albuquerque, right uh, down in South, uh, I think mm -hmm. New Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. If my geography is right, and I apologize for that if it's not, uh, but they they basically born in New Albuquerque. I think it's New Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. And then they move up to, to Redmond, to the Seattle area, to Washington State, because of the weather. I don't know if you know that. Uh, it was one of the reasons of the weather, because the weather, it's not as good as, as in California as the other major tags. Uh, so now you can stay a little bit longer inside and, and focus on the developing. So apparently happened that exactly the same over here in Calgary. It's freezing cold and uh, we have <laughs> minus 20, something like that with the wind chill oh. goes to minus 30 centigrade. So very cold yeah, right now. Not yeah. Fahrenheit. I don't know the Fahrenheit to be very honest. Um, we don't need to know that. That's uh, uh, too much information. Too much information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's darn cool. It is. But that's okay <laughs> because now we get to stay inside exactly. and enjoy all things Azure. Absolutely. And I've been, my God, is it been for me? It's been a, a really busy week, and apparently, I'm not was the only one. <laughs> no, you're uh, you are not alone. No. There's there's lots going on, right? So uh, the good news is, I think a lot of companies' budgets have rolled over for the new year. And uh, I'm actually seeing a lot of projects kind of coming through, uh, you know, all across North America, I want to say, both the U.S. and Canada right now, that yeah. are more security oriented. Absolutely. Uh, people last year had the big push, you know, get everything working, get everything running, get everybody working from home, stay safe, stay at home, all those good things. But now it's time to secure the environment. things up. Take care of the environment. Make everything and compliant. Absolutely. Yeah, and really, yeah, think about those long-term steps that we need to have in place for really good success. So I know a lot of companies have had lots of change, and uh, that's kind of a good thing because Azure very 
uh, cloud-centric, Azure-centric. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, Do you it think is, that on purpose true. or um, was like an intentional? <laughs> it actually just worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and I glanced over at you and you had the Azure-centric logo underneath us and I was like, oh boy, that just came out so bad. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Talking about security and let's start our podcast. Um, Azure Security Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, as we know, this was released on the 1st of February, uh, but um, is the updates for the Azure Security Center on January. So a lot of good things um, that happen in this case uh, regarding these January updates. Uh, some of the vulnerability assessment on premise and multi-cloud is being released to GA. Uh, good because it's always uh, it's always awesome. The, the part that I like about Azure is uh, they start with within Azure, but now it's totally um, going to outside as well. So no matter what we have, if it's on-prem or e even other multi-cloud machines, you can attach that to Azure Security Center. Really cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Azure, uh, Azure Arc and uh, everything really extends um, kind of the the whole uh, security premise and through not just hybrid, but multi-cloud, um, you know, there's so many options. I was actually talking with a client about uh, a lot of the things in here with Security Center and how Microsoft has a very big commitment to uh, that whole continuous improvement model yeah. with it. So not always, uh, not only are they adding new features all the time, they're also improving yeah. uh, existing ones and because the landscape and security changes as rapid as everywhere else now in cloud compute, uh, they also drop calculations and security scores and things that don't make sense anymore. Yeah. Um, I think a good example of that is the password advice changed in the last few years and they adapted that, right? So they adapt with all these new models that evolve. So really positive yeah. stuff. Um, I don't know. Was there anything on here that you wanted to kind of? Jump I want into to just dive? jump into into two or two these bullet points, uh, or in this case, these updates. One of them that makes totally sense now we're talking about is this multi-cloud connectors, that is now becomes GA as well, and there is one part that I, that I like about this is on Azure policy assessments when you are doing not applicable it was reporting as non-compliant and now it's compliant because again all of these azure uh, security center they have this scorecard specially uh, right and and the policy that we are applying sometimes they are guidelines uh, and sometimes it's not applicable right for the azure policies in this case are not applicable uh, for whatever we, we want. And sometimes it's it's a little bit annoying to have, in my personal opinion, of course, to have reporting as non-compliant. Uh, and now they, they kind of listen and they kind of did, did that, right? So it's it's pretty cool. But that is, I don't know, would you want to cover any, any other aspect of, of this? of these uh, uh, there, updates? There was one that I that I like. Um, uh, one of the things, uh, as you know, that I do, I have a, a very deep love of PowerPoint. Um, okay, so that might not be true, but it is a very useful tool we have to use all the time. Yeah. 
when we try to present data back to clients in a productive way that we can generate action, mm -hmm. right? So the download of the CSV report was actually really cool because I can't tell you how long I've been having to highlight, copy and paste one line at a time out of that terrible web interface that looks great as a web interface, but not so good in a spreadsheet or on a PowerPoint slide. So I'm actually really happy about that because now we can actually just get plain text out of there. Good. And uh, that's a big Good win. point. Uh, but like you, I like the not applicable resources now reported as compliant. Um, that's also a really good win. I, I think as far as actually looking at your reporting data in there. Yeah, absolutely. And and moving on, not moving on, but continuing on the, on the Azure Security Center, they announced some public previews. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, for the same uh, January timeframe from the same updates. And and those mm -hmm. were ones that um, the first one, it just, it did to my heart. It's the secure scores for management groups is one of the things that I was missing is, is one of the things that I did create uh, a specific concept on Azure centric. And now it's the shameless plug of go up or whatever it is on the corner, whatever it is, uh, to just go to that, to, to just see it, what management groups can do for you. And now the secure cards, uh, this, the secure score is adding management groups uh, in preview. It's still in preview, but yeah. it's it's a good way to do it. And it's not only the secure cards, it's the exceptions uh, that you are adding. And that's a good thing. You are adding the management groups on a secure, core, secure score. You are adding the exceptions as well. And now you have the users can request the tenant-wide visibility uh, for their global administrator. And this, this is awesome uh, because mm -hmm. now with this preview, uh, you are able to see on one security center, right, the entire landscape, the entire tenant. Uh, and that is massive. Uh, it goes back. Yeah, it really it scales, right, for large environments. It's it's not the. Pro I don't see the problem of scale because security center always scale. I see I see the thing. What I was issue and I was on a workshop this week talking about that, talking about for example the Azure foundations, and one of the things that I I noticed is is um, when we talk about the architecture of the urban spoke. So we have the central, what's called the core services, kind of subscription model that we already uh, almost beat to that. That We add one, for example, one podcast about, about subscriptions. I add one, another, um, another concept about subscriptions as well um, to reinforce the, 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 the importance of that. Um, again, when we talk about this, we talk about, a place where, for example, the network team, the security team, and the IT infrastructure team can only have access and can be the 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 main subscription, the core service, the share subscription, the tier zero, whatever you want to call it, hub and spoke. Okay, in this case, the hub, right? And by doing that, you can now, with this preview, have one security center managing the rest of the others subscriptions like production, development, test, whatever it is that you have a site and this control 
control or exercising by this central one. And I think that is really key for me in this case. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I like coming out of that update was the uh, the security benchmark, yeah. right? So um, kind of uh, as we were talking on the previous one, you know, uh, Security Center has all of these updates coming out on a regular basis. And this month, 35. Yeah. So in preview, uh, one of the ones, I, yeah, it pre I should say, yeah, it comes to preview first, yeah. right? So the one that actually gets me kind of excited about this is encryption at rest. Um, one of the big things that, as you know, going through all these security workshops that we've been participating with lately with our clients, that uh, encryption is something that's really important. Uh, it's a compliance driver for many operations. So uh, just different different things like that as they as they come in, right? Like different best practices. They've got all these things like. Uh, unauthorized network access and they have like 15 or 20 different uh, items for network access listed in uh, within that update. So really good uh, updates that are actually meaningful and uh, going to really help uh, clients improve their security uh, uh, posture, yeah. right? And does it almost automatically, I want to say, tells us about it automatically is probably the way I want to say that. <laughs> doesn't do it for yeah. us. Uh, it can, to a certain degree, it can tell us, and then uh, we are the automation. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Moving on to the next uh, update is now the support for more uh, workloads, tag-based policies now in Backup Center public preview. So a lot of previews this Another week preview. we will cover. And this one is really cool because Backup Center uh, on public preview uh, now includes three additional workloads. SQL in Azure, mm -hmm. VM, SAP ANA. It's huge for me. This is, I, I, I was wondering when they are coming with this because this was helping so much uh, a, few, a few months ago or a few years, probably a few years ago when I was deploying uh, SAP ANA or doing a massive project on that, uh, but that's okay. And Azure files. Uh, it's better later than never, right? Exactly. Yeah, I was actually surprised that it wasn't already part of Azure Files um, because it's such a well-established technology. It's been around for quite a bit and it, it feels like a very mature product, Azure Files. Um, but that said, now we've got tag-based policies in public preview for mm -hmm. it. Uh, so maybe, you know, once it makes it through this process, a few months, uh, whatever that cycle ends up being, then uh, the general availability release is going to be really exciting. So yeah. I think it's really nice because, you know, they're really driving very strongly towards good governance, right? So Absolutely. a lot of policy-driven um, uh, kind of items. Uh, very practical because that is kind of a very high level of automation, right? So we can policy things. Uh, we don't have to keep going back and manually touching them, right? It's and part it, of a policy. It's not only that. It's, it's about the tag. It's 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 about you. Basically, don't need to be. You can create your model of, of tagging the resources. I always when I when I talk to, to to everyone about the foundations and everything else and governance, tagging is just a, such an important one uh, because it, it makes your life easier. And here is one update that will rely on that to make your life easier. 
I want to say tagging can make your life easier if you first define your policies governing tags. So a lot of times what happens in environments that uh, we go into is uh, let's say you have a tag for backup. Some of it's with a capital B, some of it's with a lower, all lowercase, maybe one is all caps. Maybe somebody puts a space in between back and up. So you have all what people felt was the same thing, but to the systems driving it, that's not the same at all. It's different. Now we have all these disconnects and then you have all these other, it goes down the chain and can lead to uh, uh, problems. It's hard to troubleshoot uh, for darn sure. Um, so yes, uh, policies, we all love them, but uh, you know, map it out if you can. And uh, there's, there's different ways. You know, uh, let us know if you need help cleaning up your tags. That's for sure. That's something uh, both Marcos and I have done uh, many times. <laughs> yes. I think we both have probably similar scripts uh, by now that uh, uh, go in and pull them all and verify them. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It, but, it, yeah, so setting the policy, I just want to emphasize, you know, that's really important. Um, I think my, my preachy bit is done now. That's good. That's <laughs> That's okay. Let's move to another one. Uh, this is a nice one. I like. I like about this. Uh, Microsoft Azure attestation is now GA. Uh, so I was reading about this, um, and this is another set of of um, security that we are mm -hmm. adding into into the environment, right? So, so I, I want to ask a question here because uh, I think a lot of people are going to be wondering the same thing. So you say, this is a really good update. We're talking about security. What is Azure attestation? What does that mean? Because I know later at the end of our podcast today, we're going to talk something related. So it would be good to have a foundation knowledge on this, I think. We've been talking this for a f not, not specific Azure attestation but uh we've been talking about uh, some of those components right we've been talking about uh we talked i think last week about vbs like the virtualization based security uh, enclaves mm -hmm. i think it was last week that we we talked about that i think so uh, but we talk about a lot of for example uh, a lot of the improvements that azure was doing with the intel software guard extension the sgx for example, mm -hmm. um, this service, what it does is basically it creates the platform uh, to just make your integrity of the everything that you're running, the binaries that you are running, right, as a trustworthy. Uh, so if you are using the trust execution environments, for example, uh, such as the Intel SGX or and the VBS enclaves like the virtual base security. Now you can put your, for example, TPMs, t uh, uh, ships, right? Uh, the TPM attestation based on the Azure uh, uh, um, service to routinely establish the trust between your devices. So basically saying that it's 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 more like um, the reason that you should use this is is the way that you can attestate that your environment is running secure, that you did you are not compromised, that you protect 
the data while in use uh, uh, with implementations, all of that, and basically allows you to just create policies to restrict the token generation if you want, because you are you are saying that those um, environments or those servers uh, or, or exactly those servers are not being um, uh, mitigated or uh, not mitigated, not the right word. It's not being um, uh, it's been in uh, with with the same integrity that you mm -hmm. have since the beginning, right? So and, this is about the hard, the hardware layer of the execution environment, right? Uh, yes. So, for example, there is a lot of attacks that that we're seeing regarding the TPM module, right? The TPM mm -hmm. module is is uh, on on our devices, for example, on the Surface app, or, or on the Surface a laptop, for example, on any Windows, you have the TPM, right? On the server side, you have the TPM chip. So that chip is where you are having all the encryption. So it's, for example, where the um, the uh, the encryption keys reside and where you have like the physical encryption key that you are encrypting the the windows um, and you're encrypting everything that you want it generates through that TPM chip with the version 1.2 now with for example the device guard and uh, and the the device guard and the missing the other one is the device and use is is a guard something like that I'm missing it's a very big long weekend for me um, allows you to just kind of virtualize that chip so you can have silos and you have less attacks right so by enable this but you are always depending on where you have uh, the virtual machine and where they reside and all of that that you need to do it uh, you need to f basically give that you need the TPM attestation, right? Uh, mm -hmm. It's really critical when you're doing, when you don't, when you try to avoid the root of trust uh, on the security uh, co-processor to provide the cryptography a validation, in this case, for your device. Uh, and that's where BitLocker, it's getting their keys to encrypt your uh, OS and exactly. encrypt everything, right? So it's yeah. it's really important to make sure that goes and goes back. If I'm if I'm allowed to just go back a little podcasts about when you talk about uh, security, it goes back to the updates that we are talking about about the uh, confidential computing uh, mm -hmm. that we talk for a few podcasts already and the improvement. Uh, so now we have a service that validates that validates all of that and this is the service the azure attestation uh, it of course it is high availability it's really keen for companies that they really want to do that and and yeah uh, uh i think i went too deep on this but that's okay well it was a it was a detailed but it was actually a very good explanation um and i think it's important because uh you know we want everyone to understand Kind of the base layer of the uh, security offerings and what drives from yeah. you know foundational levels up so microsoft's really putting in a lot of effort to secure uh not just hardware but the binaries running on them and then your software layers on top right so all of those loads yeah and and uh, integrate that with on-prem 
because it's not the first week that we're talking about this. It's not the first that, that we talk about um, some of the things like, for example, the um, the customer keys that we that that now more and more services on Azure allows you to have that. Because a lot of those companies right now, they invest a lot of those AHM and they don't see the value um, of, for example, Azure Key Vault. Um, and they, they see the value, but they want to be able to integrate. They want to be able to use what it is that that investment, right? And to control mm -hmm. that because sometimes they require by compliance, by by anything that they need to do it to have that possession or that control and not on the cloud in this case, right? And and a lot of those services that you have on the cloud, they were only using, in this case, the encryption that was the what's called the platform keys encryption, that is the Azure ones. Now you can have your customer, uh, what's called the customer keys encryptions that you allow you to use your own keys and one of them could be from these type of services, right? Uh, you never know. It's it's another possibility that you adding not only on Azure, but now you have a service on Azure that at the states that according to this, and this is really important. For example, when you have services that or, or servers that they are on the remote offices, uh -huh. that you want to make sure that they are secure, especially if you have Active Directory on those, right? Or exactly. services like Core like that, to make sure that there is no violation in this case on the core principles of those ships, that you are not, in this case, uh, decreasing the security because it's on a remote office or something like that. Now you have a service that they can monitoring that station and bang, now everything becomes uh, more stable, more secure and more um more compliant with the, the general policies uh, yeah yeah so that that's kind of a key word there right so uh it's about compliance and it's about driving security within compliance absolutely so i think you know, you know your example of the remote office is actually really really good uh because we want to make sure that systems that are harder to have our eyes on are staying compliant and by enabling a service like a uh, attestation uh, we can then drive alerting, monitoring, all these things, right? And yeah. uh, now we can find out when there's something we should investigate. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, really cool. Yeah, so that's a really good foundation. And I think that's going to really lead into a lot of our topics, not just for the rest of uh, today's podcast, for example, but yeah. it's definitely going to be applicable uh, for future ones as we continue to evolve, right? Absolutely. And, and, and this podcast specifically... I don't know why it's talk about a lot of security. Uh, uh, it is, and that's why it, I kind of thought, you yeah. know what? Let's let's listen to the master, and let's hear about the foundation of what attestation is, because <laughs> there's so there was so much security updates uh, in this week. Uh, I thought it would be good because uh, you know hopefully maybe somebody will come in yeah. uh, to the podcast and hear uh, the talk about that, and then have a better understanding now, right? So. Uh, as you know, my my little mantra is always, you know, if we can help answer a question for one person, then hey, we've uh, we, we've did got, go, we did our job exactly, exactly, okay. exactly. Let's move to the next one. Uh, getting a little bit away from from the security, we will come back <laughs> on that. 
But talking about IOPS, it's always important. Security and performance, they are hand-to-hand together, or they should in this case. Um, additional IOPS feature for MySQL on the flexible server, it's in public preview. Um, I have to be honest, this is, this is one of the things that I did not test it. Uh, I'm not using in our days too much of MySQL but it's always good to see uh, the, the infrastructure improvement. That's why we bring these, these two over here, Absolutely. right? Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, you know, my thinking is, I, you know, I don't use a lot of MySQL anymore, um, but certainly, uh, definitely uh, SQL SaaS and uh, even SQL running in Azure VMs, uh, pretty big on my list these days, but uh, you know, when we see a feature like additional IOPS that we can uh, kind of just grab uh, more throughput for yeah. the data, uh, that tells me that this is something that's definitely on the radar, uh, maybe for other uh, databases as well, Cosmos yeah. and all those things, right? So I think this is uh, this one's really cool on its own, uh, but I'm also thinking about other things that's going to apply to. Uh, because as you know, uh, uh, with infrastructure as code, once uh, all of the very smart people in the back end of these products figure out how to uh, prove the concept in the preview mode of adding IOPS, uh, I feel like it's going to start to filter into other things uh, behind the scenes as well. So. Absolutely. Um, moving to the next one, uh, support for Azure API management certificates in Azure Key Vault as rich general availability. So we did, did a break mm -hmm. on security, but we are coming back again. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so certificates are like super important. Absolutely. Right? Um, anybody that's done uh, kind of uh, intermediate to senior administration of uh, any larger uh, corporate networks probably has done a bunch of certificate work. And it can be tricky, right? I so think anyone, I think anyone storage. that have more than three hours on IT did certificates. <laughs> I, I think so too. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's so many things. Um, I think uh, even uh, I don't remember if it was this week or last week. I did use my phone a friend feature uh, on your cell phone uh, for some uh, different uh, issues. It turned out it wasn't certificates, uh, which was really great for me, <laughs> but not so great for the customer uh, because they did have to work through some configuration. But, uh, you know, it, it goes to show you. And the reason I tell the funny story, uh, funny to me at least, so I hope <laughs> somebody finds it funny. <laughs> it's almost like a private joke. I don't, well, it, I, yeah, you know, well, just, we don't really edit much around here, but, uh, you know, feel free to cut a chunk of that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, certificate management is very critical uh, because it can become very complex. And one of the things I really like about Azure Key Vault is that it helps to simplify oh, yeah. not just the use, but the management of all things security. And uh, it seems to be coming up more and more these days in, uh, in work and especially in updates here in our podcast as well, that uh, I'm starting to see Azure Key Vault more and more as kind of a central product. Uh, I don't, maybe it's just what I've been working on, but uh, that seems to be a bit of an evolution for the product. So I was really happy to see this update. 
long story short, because uh, a lot of the, the supported certificates are now uh, going to be client certificates for authenticating backend services, right, the, through APIs. And when we can integrate uh, Key Vault, that means that the overhead for us doing administration is going to be lower. So I was like, yeah, that. absolutely. And, 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 and like I said, you, uh, everything that helps to manage the certificates, it will always uh, be, be in, our, in our support. In this case for uh, Azure APIs, it's even, it's even better um, uh, than ever. Moving mm -hmm. to the next one, and this, this is a kind of, um, we talk about this uh, on, on the backup, but the support for SAP application, the NetWeaver, uh, and operating mm -hmm. system Linux telemetry on Azure Monitor for SAP solutions. So, wow, uh, it's growing. It's in preview, but um, SAP, they, have, they did a lot of announcements uh, this week. Um, I saw uh, one that was not related to Azure, but it was related to the SAP as well, that now mm -hmm. they integrate with Teams. Uh, and that was really cool, uh, that SAP. So SAP Cloud is based on Azure and, and makes sense that they are doing this <laughs> because I, I'm sure that they want to, to basically monitoring their, their own cloud, but they have their own tools. But in this case, for all the customers that they are, uh, leveraging the Azure for um, for their SAP application, especially NetWeaver and Linux. Uh, now they mm -hmm. can add uh, for their SAP solution. So it's really cool. Uh, although, uh, because this is in preview, it's, it's on a few regions only. And I know that you are going to say that, right? <laughs> It's true, yes. Uh, yeah, we have to we have to emphasize. Um, no matter how much we sing this song, um, I, every week I still hear the same story from different clients. That hey, well, it, it's in preview, so that means we can use it. And like, well, okay, well, hold on. You know, preview is uh, no SLA from Microsoft, for example, yeah. right? But it also means that uh, there are other risks. It might not work the way we think. It's not all the way through testing to general availability. Yeah. So there might be something unique in your use of it that doesn't work the way you yeah. thought it would. Absolutely. And guess what? Nobody's going to help you with it because it's in preview. And it's not only uh, that. So I just want to reiterate one thing that you just, you just sparked me on that is, for example, on this particular topic, right? that is Azure Monitor, you think, oh, but it's only monitoring. So it's not dealing with pro production data. True. Mm. But, and there is always a but, right? Is because you are monitoring your SAP solution that probably is in production, it, what happened if you miss that monitoring? What happened if you are putting that, okay, and everything is working fine and something on the on the back end change because it's in preview, okay, uh, and stop working and you're not getting the alerts and now you have a downtime on your application, okay? Just think about it. It's not because 
oh, it's not like a VM or, or something like that that is in preview that might change or code like we had over here. Um, a lot of those updates. It's because it's it's literally because it's this is a preview feature. It's a public preview, so there are less ch less chances of changes, uh, less chan chances of changes uh, in this case because it's public preview regarding a private preview. Yes, there are, but there are still a huge chance of changing this, adapting this, right? And even that, when this became GA, okay, guess what? Your preview will stop working and you probably need to do it again. It's good to validate. And I want to reiterate that. I think it's going on that part that you're going right now. It's good to validate what you have, document it well, prepare well. So when this becomes GA and yes, you got covered, we will cover over here on the podcast. When this became GA, now you are ready to deploy the full solution. And that's the reason that, that you should use it. Sorry, uh, but I, I just want to reiterate that part uh, to just make a point. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing, right? So it's a, it's a very valid uh, point. And um, you know, if you want to enable this in a private preview or uh, Whatever you want to do, there is a link at the bottom of that little uh, update. Yeah. Uh, not so little, really. Um, it's a big news, but it is a small uh, update in text size. Um, just uh, use that link uh, and they'll, uh, you know, the person responsible for that will talk with you and maybe enable it depending on what workloads you have within your tenant. Absolutely. So, um, different things. And I, you just, yeah, you have to be very careful with preview um, because it can have consequences, like you're saying, right? Like we, we may not always realize, uh, you know, you think of monitoring, you think of a VM as kind of, you know, maybe a lower priority item, uh, lower risk, I should say. But uh, at the end of the day, you use your monitoring to tell you about high priority problems. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's all about thinking and planning it out and uh, kind of, Write it down, map it out, whiteboard it, uh, make sure that it makes sense. And, you know, when you need help to plan things, engage professionals, uh, use people that uh, know the monitoring system and understand it. Um, you know, there's, uh, anyways, before I go down a big rabbit hole here and we go sideways, I know we have a lot of articles to yeah. cover today. Yeah, I get excited about monitoring. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sorry for that. But so you do have one more. And I think the next one, uh, it's about our good friend MySQL again, yeah. right? So general availability for start-stop functionality for Azure Database for MySQL. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah. that's awesome because again, this is uh, this is the the part of having the possibility on the Azure Database on the pass solution or uh, to just stop the service. Uh, it's main for dev test scenarios, just to save costs. Because if you stop database, guess what happens? You don't pay. Well, you lose all your connections. Uh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. You lose all connections, <laughs> but you don't pay, right? It's been a few years since I've been a DBA, but I I feel like that's one of the the foundational things <laughs> that we should understand. Really, <laughs> if you stop a database. You will lose the connections. Hmm. 
there's a there's a very good possibility of that, that happening. I'm going to say that is. <laughs> more than fifty percent. <laughs> I think it's close to a hundred. <laughs> it's very close to a hundred. <laughs> But the good thing about this is cost savings. One of our favorite yeah, topics right. uh, over here at the podcast. Yeah, so I, you know I'm very passionate about cost optimizations and uh, certainly uh, looking at different infrastructure pieces that we can turn off uh, for after hours or at the very least when not in use, then uh, you know I think that uh, if we turn off the database, nobody's going to have to make updates over Christmas break, which means everybody gets a Christmas break except for the poor DBA that you forgot to tell about it because your monitoring was in preview and it didn't work right. And they didn't know the database. <laughs> you forgot to update the monitoring saying that now there is a new feature that you can start and stop the, the database. <laughs> I, I, I got that. Oh, I'm sorry. I just had to string those ones together. That's okay. because I, all, all of a sudden in my head, I just saw this terrible trail happening. <laughs> know what we need to talk about that absolutely for a <laughs> absolutely and talking about monitoring the next update mm -hmm. is the ga of our good friend uh, azure log analytics it's on united uh, arab emirates central region and japan west exactly yep yeah, and uh, may i point out well said um, we've both been struggling with pronunciation <laughs> again this week for some reason. I'd, there must be something in the water, or I, I'm not sure. I think it's the but weather. Anyways, so yes, log, uh, log analytics, as you know, it collects tem uh, telemetry. See, here we go again. Telemetry <laughs> from uh, you know many sources, yeah. right? And uh, brings it together, and it uses uh, 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 Data Explorer Azure, Data Explorer, I should say, to retrieve and analyze the data. And so now this has hit GA for uh, UAE Central and uh, Japan West. So, you know, um, we both utilize uh, log analytics quite a bit um, in our uh, Azure deployments. You know, we're uh, big proponents of collecting the data, keeping the logs, centralizing things. Because when you centralize it, you can start uh, using other tools to find commonalities or anomalies in the data. And then we can actually get some... Uh, uh, value from it, Absolutely. right? So easy to collect data, and Azure makes it easy to store yeah. that data. Absolutely. So really Absolutely. cool. But public preview on the Azure Log Analytics in Australia is central too. So we got GA for some regions and public mm -hmm. preview for other regions. In this case, right. for Australia. So they keep pushing these out. They're trying to get uh, everything. Uh, evolving so uh, some regions will uh, hit at different times for sure because you can't be everywhere and do everything all at once but uh, really cool because now uh, the one the one region in Australia is now uh, for public preview so it's moved from private preview at least into public right in this case yeah uh, so it was GA for UAE uh, UAE in this case and Japan uh, mm -hmm. and now becomes a public preview on Australia Central too, uh, in this case, uh, and that's that's a very uh, good way to see that the the monitoring tool is is moving forward. Although, Absolutely. although it's not the only update. Now what? Yeah, there's another preview. It's one. another preview. It's not with Azure Log Analytics, 
but it's with new Azure Monitor available agent available on the latest Linux distros and new regions. Look at this. And more regions. More regions. Oh my goodness, it's a double whammy. Yeah. So a Excellent. lot of a lot of this monitoring um, that we that is always awesome to see it. And again, it goes. Uh, I think it was last week that we mentioned that we have Python 3.9 on mm -hmm. uh, Azure Functions, was it? Um, gotcha. Now, for the, the supporters, the latest distro with via Python 3, we have CentOS Linux 8, Debian 10. I think it's one of your favorites, right? Um, uh, Oracle Linux. I see Debian ones. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Red Hat. SUS uh, Enterprise Server 15.2 and 51 and Ubuntu 20. Um, it's now, but it's not only the 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 regions. Uh, it's a few regions, and unfortunately, it's not in Canada. No, it isn't, and it's important to note. So uh, I, there is one kind of detail I want to call out that ties into you know how we talk about be careful with previews so this one is in preview and if uh, if you kind of zero in at the bottom of the os section there there's a little line that says there's a known issue with syslog events only supports performance counters and then lists a few uh, features so this is kind of uh, what we talk about right so we can't use uh, preview things and expect them to be 100%. And this is a really good example of that. So I'm not going to dwell on it. I just wanted to draw attention to the fact uh, I feel Microsoft is really open about these things uh, because this is about getting products to market and into our hands to use as quick as possible with the best quality possible. Yeah. So disclosing that there's a missing chunk in the product, I feel is helping to guarantee the best quality because they're being very upfront about it, right? And there is, a, besides of that, there is a missing K on network <laughs> as well. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just want I to reiterate that. Until I asked you to highlight it in the middle of the page and then I noticed <laughs> there was a typo. I'm so sorry for whoever typed that. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but if you are, and I apologize to you, specifically to you, that you are listening to the podcast, I highly recommend going either to the YouTube channel to see this or to go to the to the page or, or to update page because he's missing a K as well. So it's and not I, only that, there is a known issue with the missing a K on the network. I don't know if that is important or not, but I just want to highlight. Like it could be problematic, a network missing a K. I don't know. I'm going to have to phone somebody about that one. <laughs> So I'm I'm in I'm gonna say this I'm gonna say if Microsoft uh, in house actually listens to this and gets feedback about their missing K on network, <laughs> please give us a reshare retweet exactly. Azure centric and let everybody know we're here to help. We exactly. found the missing K exactly, <laughs> <laughs> or we found where the K is missing in this case. Well, that's true. We found where the K is missing. From. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, my god! I, this I, this I is still a little bad about that. That must be the Canadian in me. <laughs> <laughs> that that's okay. Let's move to the next one, so we can forget about the missing K. 
So IT service IT service management connector, the ITSMC, is now certified with service now parish version. That's How right. cool yeah. is that? Yeah, so it's uh uh, so if, if you know we take a look at the update, um, you know unless we use ServiceNow on a regular basis, which I don't, it is uh, you know here and there. Um, I understand the concepts and all those good things, but uh, certainly I don't use it every day at a administrative level. Uh, that said, um, I don't <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't think that uh, there's a lot missing from here. So this is really cool, right? So. Uh, the Azure services like Log Analytics and Azure Monitor provide tools to detect, analyze, and troubleshoot issues with different resources running within Azure. That can be Azure or non-Azure resources, right? So uh, enabling uh, a product like IT service management products, the ITSM, um, those connectors are really useful because they help bring data into ServiceNow, which allows ServiceNow, which is a very big automation tool really, um, to uh, have better data, better information, and faster results, right? So it gets information when it needs it. So ITSM integration is really big, really, really good stuff. I, I love that stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Moving on to the next one, and this is the part that I like, and, and, and I think on the next two, it really shows um, the, in my opinion, the greatest the greatness of Azure, uh, because Azure achieves its first PCI 3DS certification. So mm -hmm. besides being one of the most uh, certified Azure uh, or certified cloud providers that we have already in the market, now we are adding this certification on the on the QSA, the Quality Security Assessors, uh, that that is. Azure is partnered with uh, Qualifier. Um, now it's attestation, a shared responsibility matrix, and the white paper that shows everything is the first PCI 3DS certification. Exactly. Yeah. So Azure, uh, as well as you know, and hopefully as many of our viewers and listeners will know too, um, you know, Microsoft Azure has been a leader uh, for not only security but for certification uh, as well. And, uh, you know, that's really important because uh, we talked about attestation earlier. Uh, we talked about uh, kind of that foundation building out. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Azure uh, stands alone with the highest level of uh, United States Department of Defense certification yeah. for holding workloads. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it's cool. not it's not that's, only that's it's like NSA reading. level it's um, NSA level it's DOD so Department of Defense in this case US mm -hmm. Department of Defense um, it's it's a lot of those things uh, it's um, uh, government uh, it's 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 uh, a peripheral of 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 certification that they have that allows them to just be using that and and I think. One of the things that that I want to reiterate, and it, it's a, a nice segue for the next update. Um, it's now that Mike uh, Azure have one hundred and seventy-two offerings that achieve the I trust, it trust, sorry, not high trust, it trust 
certification. That's huge. So uh, it's very big. So that that's across forty nine Azure yes. regions. Holy moly! Right, forty nine so out of the sixty plus. Big. So we're talking about a huge, big majority of the entire yeah. footprint of Azure. That's right. So we're we're you know we talk about uh, those U.S. standards yes. uh, because that's a bit what we're familiar with here in North America. But really, I think the the underlying story here is that Azure is working towards certifications in each region, and they're trying to use industry standards to make sure that governments and agencies, healthcare agencies, all of these things that we've been talking about lately on our podcast together. Uh, you know, those vertical uh, uh, vertical versions of Azure, that they're all certified and capable of holding uh, that kind of confidential data, confidential computing, financial data, healthcare data. Azure really does have a, that big push to help all of these different kind of niche areas. And government is a niche area, right? Um, you know, we've both worked on some government contracts over the years. And they have a lot of uh, not just security requirements, but they have a lot of compliance requirements. So uh, having Azure workloads able to support all of that is really important to be able to not just attract it for yeah. business, but to be able to support and help those uh, agencies move forwards with their technology. And it's, it's not only that. We've been mentioning over here uh, all of those certifications and everything else, but we also mentioned that Azure... Uh, uh, in this case, release the healthcare part of it, the Azure for healthcare, mm -hmm. the Azure for retail, all of those kind of solutions for those verticals shows that Azure is prepared for dealing with all of that, especially on healthcare. And you know really well what does that mean? Uh, the IPA, it's one of the most difficult things to just to just do it. It's so Some complicated. The financial so one, it's it's like it's it's incredible, and we're starting to see a lot of those, a lot of those uh, things going yeah. down because people are already starting to see the value of those certifications and the cloud provider. And absolutely. And one thing I'm happy to report is even in a small and medium space, which is uh, you know where we have a lot of uh, kind of our shorter term projects as consultants, um, I've seen a lot of Canadian companies in that size space working towards their PCI DSS um, standards. And it's not because they have to be compliant in Canada with it, that's a um, US requirement, but it's because they want the data to be yeah, secure. Absolutely. And they want their customers, they want to attract uh, customers, not just from their local area, but doing online business. So that means, especially in these days where everybody does everything remotely, that uh, you have to hit a certain standard to be able to sell to that certain market. And segment. you became more secure, so right? It, it's an it's an interesting. It is, thing, it is, right? and that's a very good segue for the next the next topic over here. It's not an update, uh, but talking about security and talking about that, it's a very nice blog post from Azure Blog talking about the year of 2020 in review about the Azure DDoS protection. So, and I was yeah. reading this and I was comment with you when we jump into this, into this recording, this conversation that first of all, 
as you, uh, as you going through the, the blog post, you see that in 2020, because of COVID, they drove a sharp increase of denial of services attacks. Okay. And I saw that in this, in this data yeah. here. Yeah. And there was a lot of, because, and the reason because of that is, and if you're thinking, because of that, a lot of those companies, and we mentioned this at the beginning of the, at this podcast, right? A lot of companies, when you talk about security, uh, a lot of companies had to extend their offices, their footprint to home office. And we know that a lot of time, right, our home, we relax a little bit, right? Especially on, on people that are not IT related, even, even sometimes we do it. We, we don't want, we have already problems at, at work, it's especially for us in our, in our clients and everything else, but especially for us and especially for IT persons that working from home, I think this is really keen to just showing that there are a lot. And if you're going on this, on this, uh, put on this blog, they even mentioned that the increase of attack duration is less than 10 minutes. It just yeah. blows my mind that 53% of all the attacks that they have is less than 10 minutes. So that talks to their detection and response Absolutely. time, right? So th this is really, really cool stuff. So I think uh, I'm going to speak uh, for you uh, here and I feel safe in saying this one. Marcos and I both recommend you go to this blog post and read the article and just explore this a little bit and think about, are you taking advantage of the similar and same tools that Microsoft uses? And we're talking about uh, Microsoft Defender, Defender for Azure workloads. We're talking about Defender for Office 365 workloads. And we're talking about aggregating that data using all of the security tools and i'm not going to continue plugging all the different ones because we'll be here all night <laughs> but um it's it's kind of a big deal so you know do take it seriously and go in here read this and explore yeah. because uh, this is a good opportunity to take this up through management uh at your own organization and make a proposal to extend uh tools if if you don't have those in place and today. it's not only that because if you if you remember, and I starting to see a lot of this, there was a lot of complaints when all the COVID started and everyone sent home about the internet is slow uh, because everything <laughs> else. And over here they say that they Azure in this case the team uh, they recorded with a single IP, so it means that one person he was able to do it one terabyte per second of bandwidth okay uh with only one ip at one another instance they mitigate another attack that was doing 1.6 terabytes against multiple customers so basically saying that the denial of service is no longer more going on oh let me go to the server and for example explore dns or or stopping no it's because you need uh, internet to go, right? 
and you are and you are basically saturating the link saturating oh, yeah. that that link for that customer so they are not able to connect uh, and that's the interesting part that's why we are seeing so much in this case um attacks no not attacks but we are seeing so much companies uh moving away for example from um from having the vpns on prem and moving them to the cloud and one Absolutely. of the reasons is this because now you yeah, are so, not saturating yeah, that link and distributing connections way better model yeah than uh the old-fashioned way i want to yeah. say of doing it um now uh, that said, you need to still implement the proper tools. And it's, it's, this is so fascinating to me, uh, an interesting twist. So uh, I was actually talking with a client this week about user education when it comes to security, things, you know, phishing, MFA, all these things. So important to educate employees, peers, and friends. Uh, I don't want to draw a line there at all. Educate your neighbor. Um, you know, it, it's tools that they can take home from the workplace that we share with them. And they can take that home and protect uh, their own personal, uh, you know, their personal computer as well, right? So they understand what a phishing attack is, what it looks like, components of it, what not to do and what they can do to report something, right? So uh, there's a lot of benefits to that. that um, you know, that said, I don't want to dwell on uh, user education too long. I want to focus on the Microsoft tools. And I found, uh, yeah, see, you're looking at the same thing I am. So uh, there's a lot of breakdown in this article about uh, different things, right? So we talk also in here about cost protections. I know I talk a lot about cost optimization, but what is the cost of compromised bandwidth? Uh, bandwidth can be very expensive on corporate connections. And uh, even on a personal connection, if we're running over, then uh, there can be uh, what they call the data overage charges, right? So uh, it, it's very good. Yeah, there's so much information that in is, here, and they is. have linked to everything. Yeah. So this one, for example, the increase of the UDP flood on the reflection of attacks because IoT connected devices that they are not secure, they are vulnerable. Uh, they build these botnets uh, to launch reflection attacks and, mm -hmm. and they build all of this UDP flood and all of that. It's, it's tremendous. I highly recommend um, if you use that they are listening, I highly recommend going to the Azure blog. Um, there is a link uh, on the description to this post uh, as usual. Um, but go there and look at uh, because it's really, really keen to just doing that. And we can be here hours. I was reading <laughs> and I was almost jumping on my chair like, whoa, wow. How, how, how cool was this blog? So I have to say um, kudos to, now I'm going to murder your name and I apologize in advance <laughs> to Alitia Thor. Um that is uh, the, out, the program manager of Azure Networking. Such a nice blog post talking about this. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I cannot reinforce. Well. I cannot reinforce that. And I think I have my good friend Andrew. So if you are listening to this, just reshare it. Uh, uh, sorry to, <laughs> to, to, to the shameless plug. And 
if you are listening and you like it, uh, guess what? Subscribe to the channel. Uh, <laughs> my favorite button of all times. I, I don't know why I think this sooner, but that's okay. Let's move on. Again, it's not a, an update. Um, we are reaching the end of our podcast, but it's not update. It's another awesome uh, uh, blog post um, from from another uh, area of Azure, talking about the innovations for more secure U.S. microelectronics supply chain. And supply chain is being so critical during this COVID. It has, yeah. So you and I have talked about it lots, uh, both offline and uh, during the podcast, kind of off and on as well. And we've really seen what an interrupted physical supply chain looks like here in North America now. Mm -hmm. So we've relied very heavily here on overseas manufacturing and uh, getting goods to us here in North America. And this is part of, you know, A, staying secure, but B, just trying to round out everything and have balance, right? So uh, I think at Microsoft scale, they have to think about uh, different things that we don't always think about um, in smaller scale. They're looking at global data center management. So they need to have multiple countries where they're getting hardware from, different uh, security standards in each country. They try to you know, promote uh, worldwide global standards for security, hardware, software, networking. Yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about foundational layers uh, here today with the attestation and uh, all of these other components that we've kind of touched on uh, throughout the podcast today. Yeah. But uh, here we land back on the final item and we're talking again about physical hardware security and uh, sourcing, right? So we know single sourcing, uh, really not a great practice when you have a large scale, you need to have multiple source. And uh, that's part of what this is about, right? There's, there's multiple facets to this for sure. Um, but you know, uh, Microsoft has built partnerships, they've announced uh, multiple ones throughout the past year. Um, yeah, uh, it's hard for me to believe this has been happening for a year almost now. But uh, sorry, I just got sidetracked. So there's a lot of uh, emphasis on um, artificial intelligence using uh, Azure AI and uh, scaling uh, the different design workloads yeah. to run efficiently, right? And uh, using the EDA architectures, yeah. um, customized, right? So it's it's there's a lot of different pieces here. And in this particular bot post, it mentions one thing that. We already mentioned here that this is basically for the U.S. government customers, exactly. right, to secure the compliance of the stringent supply chain requirements for defense and critical infrastructure. So this is the way that, in this case, the U.S. microelectronics supply chain. So all of the silicon uh, partners uh, using, in this case, the DOD, the Department of Defense, to straighten that partnership, right, and supply chain using what's called the Rapid Assure Microelectronic Prototypes ramp, using ramp the, the the Advanced Commercial Capabilities Project. So basically, means that they are straightening up all and accelerate all the silicon development cycle specific 
with all the security that they required for the DOD, for all of those devices and everything else. And now we can extrapolate and imagine, imagine that they will come with the new drones, like smaller, faster and going around the moon and come back, whatever it is that they are developing with all of that on a secure way, on a central way and using a lot of that supply chain that sometimes they need it. So if they are able to develop this and they need that material on the supply chain, bang, artificial intelligence say, hey, if you use this, it's being conducted. And now I'm just imagining, just putting my head, just spinning, using artificial intelligence and machine learning to accelerate all that process. So mm -hmm. say, hey, look at, uh, because DOD is developing this, uh, your partner, you probably need more this component. So try to produce more that component. So when they eat the market or when they eat, in this case, the deadline of going to the market, you'll be ready and you can fulfill all of that, right? So I imagine that it is that, but from what I was able to read, it's awesome that they are straightening up even that, or even on a very particular way like this. Okay, that's the part that I like about this blog post. Um, it's not as exciting as the previous one about denial of services, but it's still a good a good blog post to to read it and to do it. And it's an important one. It is right? an important one, just to show in this case that it the security is there, uh, all the the cloud is there as well, and they are using for this purpose. That is a really good idea how you can use it. Uh, on a supply chain that we suffer so much. So, sadly, we are at the last uh, update. Appended blob support for Azure Data Lake storage is now in limited public preview. And I love this. The limited public preview, the private previews, the ones that they are in development is the ones that you seeing that, oh my God, this, yeah, it's new. Sorry for my excitement. It's new and it's, well, it is exciting, right? You don't have to apologize for that at all. So that's part of why we're here, right? Because we get excited Absolutely. about these new releases, about different evolving technologies in Azure. So this one's about Azure Data Lake Storage. And with the limited public preview, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you have to go fill out a yeah. form or send an email usually, and you have to apply and ask to be part of it. And uh, there is like a, they have some criteria that they have in mind. They want different testing scenarios yeah. and things like that to happen. So, uh, you know, uh, take a look. You can apply. You can yeah. go and be part of it. Just, so, just one thing. Don't put on the form that you are applying for this because Marcus and Andrew told you about. Because <laughs> it will not get you for sure the access to public preview. Just be. It might be the opposite <laughs> of that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Although we will appreciate because then they will check us out and you know what's going to happen, right? They will probably uh, see and we, if Microsoft is seeing, just repost this and we would like to, to, to see it. <laughs> it's the third shameless Oh my God. I, 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 We're on a roll. We are. And, and you know what? <laughs> my water is, is going low and I need to switch to beer. So I think we need to finish this, but <laughs> Indeed, sorry to de deviate the, you. It is the end of a beautiful week and uh, we should celebrate. So there's been a lot of really good news yeah, this absolutely. week. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to say, you know, first of all, to everybody uh, kind of around, 
thank you. Uh, we really, really love hearing your feedback. And remember, there's one thing we should do. We should coordinate this. What should people do when they love the Azure centric podcast? They should subscribe and maybe give it a like, a thumbs up, uh, and let us know what you're thinking. Exactly. Uh, leave a comment, uh, check out Azure centric or Marcos or myself on, uh, on Twitter. Let us know, uh, you know, we, we do our best to reply, um, to, uh, uh everybody. Uh, we can't reach out, uh, to everybody all the time. Uh, but we do we do definitely put some time in for that. But thank you for having me, Marcos. I love our uh, evening that we get to do this podcast. Uh, it is the highlight of the week. Absolutely. And my friend, it's always a pleasure uh, to have you over here to talk, to have a laugh, to talk about technology, talk about, about Azure, um, and to talk about all of those opportunities that we have to share our knowledge. So uh, once again... Thank you uh, uh, for listening and, and seeing the podcast. Uh, without you, without your support, uh, we will be just uh, the two of us talking and it's the idea is to share our knowledge as well. Um, and I hope I can see you next week. So thank you so much and see ya.